You could have been anywhere in the world, but you are here with me, and I appreciate that. I am your host, Rajon Lewis, and we're gonna pause right there because what I need you guys to do is take about one minute just to share this video out. We want to make sure we get as many eyeballs on this interview as possible. And we have the gentleman from Community Solutions Consulting here with me. They're good friends of mine, they do great work in the community, and what they're here to talk about is the great things that they're doing here in the low country to better the educational opportunities for the for our children and our children's children, things that will live on in posterity for years and years to come. We have Mr. Anjane Davis, as well as Mr. Eric Jackson, and they're here to talk about the great work that they're doing. But what I need you to do right now is share this video. So we're gonna take about one minute just to share this video out and let the world know that we are live with Community Consulting, con community Solutions. Solutions Consulting. I'm not gonna mess that up during the interview. <laughs> I will not. I will not. Thank you guys so much for joining us. I appreciate it. Hopefully y'all can hear us and see us. If you can hear me and see me, please give me a big thumb up so I know I'm cooking right. Let me know I'm talking good as they say at the church. What's up? What's up? What's up? I see, I see you guys. Say something. Say hello. I can tell you hi before the show starts. I can't tell you hi once the show starts because I broadcast in 13 different formats. It'll be weird if I'm just calling out names the whole time. Like, why is he doing that? We can't see those people. <laughs> we are live, baby. We are live. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you're just coming in, please, we're just sharing this out. Please share this out. Let everybody know that we are here with Community Solutions Consulting. We're going to be talking about mentorship. We're going to be talking about education. We're going to be talking about what it takes to get the job done in the community. Hey, Auntie, I see you. Tell Uncle Lou I said happy birthday. Belated. It was yesterday. I didn't get to call him. I'm a terrible nephew. I'm sorry. But I do love him. I would say he's my favorite uncle, but I have so many favorite uncles. <laughs> but you know he what it is. He's a favorite uncle. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a favorite uncle. <laughs> Boom. You, you already know what it is, auntie. My uncle can cook too. Man. Like, I'm just trying to share this out. Just share. Share, share, share. What up, Christine? Queen Christine in the building. I see you. What's going on? Miss Lady. How you doing? How you doing? Huh? What's going on? What's going on? Thank you guys so much for joining us. We're about to get started very briefly, very soon. I just wanted to share this out. I'm not going to share it from this platform because it's not looking right. I don't like that. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Thank you guys so much for joining us. We're about to get started in about 15 seconds. As soon as I can share this out, I'm, I'm going in. Yeah, that's what important people do. I'm trying to sit up here and learn. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, man. Whatever, man. What'd you, what'd you say the other night? We're all smart. We're all smart. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for joining us. We really appreciate it, man. Your support means everything. Real Talk Rajan does not happen without viewers. And you, the viewer, are very, very important. And that will be some very, some very important discussions. So I'm ready to get started. Um, I still haven't been able to share this out yet, so I'm just going to do it in the course of the thing. So if I look down on my, on my computer, please don't think it's weird. I'm not doing anything torrid. All right. Three, two, one, and. 
Hello world and welcome back to Real Talk with Rajan when nothing's off limits. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you are here with me and I appreciate that. I am your host, Rajan Lewis. Now, here on Real Talk with Rajan, everything's debatable, so in any given week, we could be discussing anything from sports to music to politics. You name it, we'll discuss it. Now, for those who are new to the show, one of the main goals of Real Talk with Rajan is to shine a light on the great things and the great people that's, that reside right here in the low country and are trying to impact the future through their deeds, through their works, through their nonprofit organizations, through their businesses, through their event planning, through their events. And today we have some very, very special gentlemen who are right from here from the area, right here from the low country. Um, Mr. Anjane Davis, thank you, sir, for joining me. Right. And Mr. Eric Jackson, thank you so much for joining me. And together they have they are the co-founders of Community Solutions Consulting. Consulting. I said I wasn't going to mess it up, and I started it in Community Solutions Consulting. And I'm just glad to have you guys here today. So thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having us. Thank you. All right. So what, who wants to start off just letting them know? First of all, introduce yourself to the, to the audience for those who don't know who you are. Mr. Davis. <laughs> well, I'm Anjane A.J. Davis, a passionate community education advocate, um, passionate community advocate in general, um, writer of wrongs social justice warrior, anything you can think of when it comes down to empowering our communities, that's usually me. Mm. Yes, and my name is Eric Jackson. Um, I'm from uh, Charleston, downtown Charleston, originally. Uh, I'm just a passionate warrior in the game, just looking to get some solutions to the in our community. Uh, I kind of want kind of twofold. Um, I'm a part of the consultant agency, but I also run a nonprofit, and we'll probably get into that a little bit later also. Absolutely. Um, which isn't too far off, and we'll tell you uh, the reasoning by, uh, about starting the um, consulting agency. Awesome, awesome. So, let's before we even get into the community consulting, let's let's go into your background, because I know both of you guys have a very, very extensive background when it comes to working with youth, working in education. Um, what, what is your background in working with, with youth? I guess we started with you last time, so we'll start with you this time. All right, so I am the founder of uh, Real Talk, <laughs> Real Talk, Real Action, Real Results. Yeah. Real Talk. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I established a nonprofit organization in 2011. Um, before that, I was uh, working with the youth in the community through various ways, through the church, through the city of Charleston as a volunteer and as a recreation coordinator. Mm -hmm. um, I saw the need for more social economic building in our communities, so I broke off from the city of Charleston and I formed my own nonprofit organization. Um, since then, we've had, uh, had the opportunity of helping a number of students get into college, um, workforce, military, and some even starting their own business. Mm -hmm. um, so I've been doing this for a long time. Yeah. Um, I got a lot of uh, work that I put in. Um, always studying the game, always trying to find fresh new tools, how to help the youth. And that's what we've been doing, what we have been doing for the last past nine, 10 years is just finding innovative ways to get our kids engaged. Absolutely. And and that's just basically it. Um, I'm also the SIC chairman at Burke High School. That's how me and AJ, um, AJ got a real close I'm tired of working on education, um, so that's why you'll see me at the school boards, meetings, you'll see me in the community. I volunteer and work in a number of schools, maybe six or seven different schools. I work with students from um, 
Elementary. Elementary to high school. And also, I work with kids in public school, charter school, private partnerships. Mm -hmm. And my child is a student inside of a private school. So, I work across the spectrum of students. Mm -hmm. So, I have a lot of background on working with students from very various communities Mm -hmm. and age groups. And economic background. Absolutely, absolutely. That's important. That's important. AJ? Um, so, similar to Eric, um, I uh, cut my teeth in youth programs, youth program development, probably about now 15 or so years ago. Um, working just like him with um, local nonprofits first and, and being an administrator over those programs and program development. And I realized that uh, there still was a gap. Um, I currently work at Burke High School. I'm the auditorium manager there. Mm-hmm. Um, as I like to tell people, I move tables and chairs. <laughs> um, but uh, like Eric said, we we bonded over our passion to empower kids, not just at Burke, but in our communities as a whole. And seeing that a lot of times the voice of some of our most disadvantaged children and their families Mm -hmm. was not being heard. So we both decided to use our platform to amplify those voices in areas where they weren't being heard. Wow. Wow. I love that. So um, community solutions consulting, what does that mean? Like, what does that mean? So as we both said, we have, we have traveled and been in a variety of environments. And one of the things that we noticed is that, When it comes to communities, especially communities like ours, the African-American community Mm -hmm. and communities in the lower socioeconomic realm, there was a lot of people talking about what needed to be done, Mm -hmm. coming in, saying that they had the solutions, Mm -hmm. telling those communities what they needed to do in order to change. Yeah. But what we found was that it was very... It was very inorganic. Mm. They weren't empowering the residents or empowering the individuals on how to improve themselves or even listening to people who had ideas about how they wanted to improve the conditions in the community. We saw that a lot from a lot of organizations, Mm. nonprofit, um, for-profit, the municipalities, and we just got tired of always having the last voice that was heard be ours. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. And so we also noticed that we had little to no representation locally for a for-profit business that was willing to stand up and say, we'll be the intermediary between local nonprofit organizations, local government to say, this is what the community wants. Yeah. And that where the community may not have the capacity, we're willing to help them build the capacity to address their own issues. Absolutely, absolutely. I love that. I love that. The one thing I know about you guys, um, and for those who don't know, um, both of these gentlemen are very, very, as, as you can well tell just from their, the way they speak, one, this isn't their first time at the rodeo. Um, AJ has been on the show several times. And I think I think this is your first time on, right? Second, this, second, second time, second time yeah, on. We talk politics. Oh, yeah, we're going to politics. That's right. So, like, they both know what they're talking about. They have an extensive history in education. And what they're trying to do is, like they said, bridge the gap between the community um, and the nonprofit and the for-profit world. Um, and also, if, if if I must say so myself, and I, I like to toot my friend's horns because I know sometimes we're so humble that we don't want to toot our own. And it sounds weird when we do it anyway. But these guys are boots on the ground. These are not some people that's just coming out here and say, oh, well, 
it, I thought it would build my brand if I started working with kids or, you know, anything like that. Like, they legit are boots on the ground. They do it, do it, do it. I can, have been to Portugal games. I don't even know if you had any kids at Portugal games, but you were there. Yes. And it, you I know, coach. You, you go to Portugal? Yeah, I coach okay. at Portugal also. Because I was like, dang, like, hey, Eric's here too. Like, <laughs> so these are guys that, that do amazing work. Um, AJ is probably one of the smartest people I know. I, if anytime I need something, like, researched, I call AJ because AJ probably researched before I thought about it. <laughs> so if these guys just is their passion and their academia put together for for with with nothing in mind other than doing good for the community, and and I will go far even further to say for the black community because I know we talk all communities you know a rising tide floats all boats, but the African African American community is something that I care about passionately, passionately, and I know these gentlemen share that that as well. Um, so. Let me ask you this. So what are the specific issues that Community Solutions um, is is looking to attack? If you were to say, um, intentionally, we want to accomplish these specific things, what are they? Well, first and foremost, education. Um, education is going to be a topic that you hear us talk a lot about. Um, and in that arena, we're going to be talking about diversity and inclusion. And we're going to be talking about cultural competency. Mm. Um, what you hear a lot is you hear a lot of companies and businesses say that they are working on diversity and inclusion, but it's a talking point. Yes, yes. It's, it's a chart that they put up. Uh, they hire one person that's diverse, and they think they solved the problem. Yeah. But and and most businesses, as you evaluate what needs to be done, you can see that that's an area that needs to be yes. um, looked into. Yes. Um, we just want the boardrooms to kind of mimic the workforce mm. like all your ceos and all your people on the board um have to understand how the janitor feels mm -hmm. um so what we're trying to do is just get in front of these businesses and just do analysis and just talk about it and say hey what's the percentage of your board makeup compared to who's working for you yeah um and the cultural competency is just basically getting people to understand that you could be doing Good work. How can we make it better? Mm. Um, and that's it's no not weird. We just want to see how we can get um, better people performing in front of our kids, um, our families, and then our communities. Um, and on the on the um, other side of that, how can we get the people who has a disadvantage involved? Mm. Right, because we talk about okay, reading for instance. Let's use this. They say, oh, we're gonna give a free book giveaway. Mm. But if you're giving a book to somebody who can't read, how effective is that? Right, right. So what we right. want to do is say, okay, you got a free book program. So, hey, let's partner with this organization that helping kids and families learn how to read. Mm. Okay. All right. And then so we can kind of combine resources and eliminate a lot of the redundancy. Yes, yes. And so yes. saying it's just like micro and macro. Mm -hmm. So we have to get those two different entities talking to each other because yeah. on the micro level we got food deserts right mm. so we can give away food every week right but the macro is we really need a supply chain of food coming in to tackle that so we got great soldiers doing the food giveaways respect all, right. all that but who's going to be the people who's talking about bringing in grocery stores mm. um supplying our farms with the right type of technology to keep them so like this is where we want to come in at and bring these two entities together and make in partnerships mm -hmm. form partnerships and mm -hmm. stuff like that too so like those are the some of the things well our whole goal is we want to be comprehensive 
and strategic okay. on how we deal with situations. Absolutely. Education, for example. What's going on in DD2 might be a little bit different in Charleston County. Yes, absolutely. But that, at the same time, we just want good education. No, I don't care if the education is a public education, a charter education, a private education. We just want it to be good, okay. right? So our focus is going to be getting average schools to good, but good schools to great. Mm -hmm. That's how he was mm -hmm. talking about ride right? the tide. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. We, we like 40-something in education right now. Yeah. Everybody can be doing better. Absolutely. And this is what we're talking about. Mm. To add to that, you know, one of the things that we also recognized is that it kept we kept seeing the same revolving door around the same conversations, everybody talking about the problems. Mm. So when you start talking about education, which is one of our primary focuses, because we believe education is the foundation upon community change. Mm -hmm. When you talk about changing communities, whether you're talking about crime, whether you're talking about poverty, whether you're talking about just overall community development, you have to have education at your core. Mm. Because it's not just your public schools, but the capacity for knowledge, understanding, and training. Mm. So when you have communities in which you have lower socioeconomic backgrounds, you have to examine whether or not those people have the capacity to be retrained into other jobs. Right. Which means their educational foundation will be evaluated. Mm -hmm. What we recognize is having conversations such as this the people at the higher levels in the rooms that we oftentimes find ourselves sitting in now weren't thinking along those lines. Right. And so what you had is, like Eric said, a lot of macro thinking that didn't touch the micro issues. Mm. So while education is our focus, we're for comprehensive community development within the African-American community. Mm -hmm. And we are about also holding all the entities who are touching that community mm -hmm. accountable. One of the things that we also recognize is that the municipalities, our elected governments and whatnot, they have a much more significant role in how our communities sit. Unfortunately, though, they weren't being challenged to look at their spending priorities as well as their municipal programming as it related to our communities. Mm. We, we sometimes silo issues. We put education in this box. Yes. We put crime in this box. We put economic development in this box. Mm -hmm. We put housing and gentrification in this box. They all are a part of the same puzzle. Yeah, they're related, yes. So what our, our intention with Community Solutions is to be that voice. And I might add, we are not the end-all, be-all. Mm -hmm. What we recognized early as well, is that very few of the people, like Eric said, who are doing the boots on the ground work, were getting recognized and supported by funders, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. by the municipalities, by organizations. It was usually the same people, and there was like a, a, a ceiling, yeah. which, you know, only certain people could rise to. Yep. So we said, well, we didn't see an organization like ours out there. We kept seeing people being brought in you know, to do trainings. Yep. Like he mentioned yep. uh, diversity and inclusion and cultural competency. To me, it became this trend, like a checkbox to say, you took this training by this organization. Mm -hmm. But the problem is that organization did not have or does not have any real roots in the community. There's no follow through. What Community Solutions 
is poised to do is say, here are the issues that we know specific to these communities. Mm. Here's what we're willing to propose in terms of training and development that is long-term and longitudinal mm. specific to those issues. Mm. I love that. I love that. Um, in in your, your efforts to... Um, to counteract some of the problems that you, you have seen come across, what are some of the, the um, bumps in the road that you guys have run, run into so far? Well, um, it, it's not hard to talk to people who have been established for 20, 25 years. Um, sometimes it gets difficult on having a conversation on change. Change sometimes can be tough, uh, but it's a conversation that we know has to be done. Um, so what we try to do is, first of all, we point out the good that people's doing, mm -hmm. you know, people doing, but how can we become better? It's never a, a negative approach to what we're doing. Yeah. It's always a positive approach. So I will give you an example, like fun funding for nonprofit organizations has always been grant writing or solicitations or, you know, some form of, you know, having to apply RFPs and all mm -hmm. these different things you mm -hmm. have to do. You know this very well yeah. because you work for a nonprofit yeah. organization. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes you could be doing good work in the community, but the funding is not matching the work that you're doing. Right, yeah. So our approach is to talking to funders is come see what we're doing. Yeah. Don't, don't let us just write for a grant and send the paperwork into you. Come see what we're doing. Follow your follow your dollars mm -hmm. and say, when I give you a dollar this year, what could you do it too? Mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. think that's a better approach. Yeah. And even in, in turning in some of the reports from the grants, by the time you already fill out a grant and do the work, some of your work already shifted because yeah. the issues changed yeah. by the time you yeah. fold out for the yeah. grant. So like, we were, we trying to get a holistic approach to funding organizations. Um, and just to be totally honest, like working with nonprofits in South Carolina, you got like 1,100 of them. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. you, so you got 1,100 organizations. So what we also want to do with those organizations is partnerships. You, you hear people say partnerships, but sometimes the partnerships are not true. So we want to be able to bring organizations and form true, realistic, holistic partnership. Meaning, if I partner with Rajan, me and Rajan benefit from the partnership. Correct, yes, yes. Because too often what you find is your ideas are being used, your energy is being used, yes. and the benefit is going elsewhere. You smile because you know it's the truth. You know I know but, that one. But, <laughs> you know I so, know that so one. So now we, we're going to try to change that conversation. Not knocking anybody, but hey, how could this organization benefit everybody yes. as a whole? Because at the end of the day, we got over 8,000 to 9,000 kids who still need some form of mentoring, after school program, some type of extracurricular activities, right? Mm. And that's going to always be an issue. But if we address it as a team, we can service more kids. That's always my ultimate goal. Absolutely. We might not be able to service all 8,000, but let's knock that in half. Yeah. Yeah. We got to we, we have to partner and talk about how we can do that. Um, we we have so many moving issues with gentrification. So like you have family homelessness is taking on a new face. Yes, right. Mm -hmm. So the families that used to be, you know, working two jobs, you got a mother working, father working, bringing in a good income. Rent went from eight hundred dollars to sixteen hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. You still working, but you living out of the car, mm -hmm. and you got two kids in the car. Yeah. So now we dealing with all these type of issues, 
and we still trying to make sure that they do their homework, mm -hmm. make sure they get an afternoon snack, yep. and all these things are being piled on. So that's why bringing in the organizations that deal with homelessness mm. to what you're doing as a youth organization yep. can be beneficial yep. because you you taking problems and solving them all at one location. Absolutely. So I want to jump in here too and say the other thing is the approach to problem solving has to change. Mm. You hear people refer to the nonprofit industrial complex, which is a relatively new concept, but it basically aligns with the idea that many nonprofits say they're here to address issues, but they become self-serving mm. and self-promoting over mm. time. And the issues that they say they're addressing still continue and in some cases have gotten worse. Yeah. How many years have we heard about South Carolina being at the bottom, near the bottom of education? Since I can I'm, remember. I'm 44 years old, and since I've been a kid, yeah. I've heard that. Yeah. So you mean to tell me that in 20, 30-plus years, we have not gotten to the point where education has been addressed adequately enough to move us as a state to at least the top 50? Mm. I mean, the top 25? Right, right. But then when you look at Charleston County, for example, Charleston County is the second largest school district in the state of South Carolina. Mm. It has close to a billion dollars as its annual budget. It reaches so many different kids. 40% of the student population in Charleston County is African-American. But African-American students and predominantly African-American schools rank consistently at the bottom of every positive mm. academic category despite having numerous organizations and entities that purport to address the academic deficiencies, address the socioeconomic issues. Mm. And I'm not saying that those organizations have not made a good try. But if the vast majority of those organizations have people who don't look like those kids at the helm, yeah. have people who don't look like those kids in the boardrooms, have people at that don't look like those kids as the frontline workers, then there lies a problem mm. because, like Eric said, there may be many issues that those individuals may not understand. And so what we're intending to do is not only address diversity in that regard, but also promote inclusion to say, just like you saw with the presidential primaries. Many of those candidates knew that in order to get inroads into the black community, they had to hire black people. Yeah. It's yeah. a very simple yeah. concept, yes. but yes. it seems to be hard pressed for yes. some organizations yes. and groups to get that. Mm -hmm. And so that's what Community Solutions is pushing for. Diversity in thought and action. Mm. And not just a checkbox saying, oh, well, we talked to this person or we got a report or a study. No. How many people, I'm not even going to say people of color, how many black people are in decision-making positions as it relates to the issues in our community? Mm -hmm. How much input does the black community get in the providing of those solutions? And how is how are those solutions measured? Mm. Wow. That's our that's our goal in our focus. That's 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 a mouthful. And that's a lot for a lot of people to understand. Um, especially, you know, in a world I, I know with in this age of social media, eh, activism's taking a whole new 
scope. It's it's take it's it's happening it's, it's happening a whole different way than it probably did in the fifties, sixties, seventies, and eighties. You know, we're not like marching down the street anymore. Everybody just picks up their phones and we rant and rave for for hours and then and, and then you know. So like, what? How do you think that's contributed to the discussion? Do you think it's a good thing or do you think it's a bad thing? And depending on how you feel, like why do you feel that way? Double-edged sword. It's, I, yeah. Yes. So I, I'll start. I think it's a positive thing. As a positive, it could be positive um, if it's controlled and monitored and there is done with good intentions. Mm-hmm. All right. So me, I have been doing a lot of training and a lot of studying and a lot of stuff on being an advocate. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be a very good thing if it's done well and with good intentions and if the information is proper mm-hmm. and real and true. Um, social media, you can have misinformation. You can have agendas. Um, and for the people who need it the most, it has to be genuine. Mm. Um, information can be... We don't want information overload. And we have to know what's the difference between opinion mm-hmm. and, and facts. Yeah. facts. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. <laughs> you know, I can factually state something from my perspective, mm-hmm. but that might not be the same for yes. the two people. Yes. Who I'm, yes. So this is what people have to understand. Um, I have been working in this arena for years. I have seen people come. I have seen people go. Mm-hmm. I have seen people be used and misused. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? A hammer can build a house or a hammer can tear a house down. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So yeah. like yeah. you have to be the hammer that's used to build things up. That's how I look at myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's just real touchy because people passionate about what they talk about. Mm-hmm. Right? But if your information isn't coming from a good source, uh-huh. what uh-huh. you're talking about really don't matter. Yeah. It has to be a good source of information. Mm. Um, and I just think that we get on information overload. I uh, People think that sometimes you, you'll be challenging them by just giving you a perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's, it's not a challenge. It's just my perspective. Yeah. Um, that's why we sit down where we both, we talk. We don't. We will never see eye to eye on all issues. Right. But let's just have a decent conversation. Yeah. And the bottom line is, like, people saying things are getting better. Mm. But when you look at the data, yeah, and you look at yeah. the numbers, yeah, you just feel better. That's it. Yeah, you just and, feel better. It's not. It's not. If you look at, it, it's not getting better. You just feel better. So as so <laughs> as yeah. so as someone who. Really, this I really dislike doing Facebook Lives at one point because I felt like they were becoming watered down. Mm, yeah. But then when you study the effectiveness of Facebook Lives, yes, it's a tool that can be very well utilized yeah. if you do it right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. if you notice, yes, I never come on a live without AJ. Mm-hmm. That's strategic. <laughs> yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Because like at the end of the day. See, me and AJ get on Facebook Lives and we, we smile and mm-hmm. we josh with each other. Mm-hmm. But me and this dude at 7 o'clock in the morning figuring out how to get on the same page because yeah. we don't be on the same page yeah. with everything. Yeah. He yeah. got his perspective, I have to calm him down. Mm-hmm. I got my perspective, he had to calm me down. Yeah. Like, we do this daily. Balance. 
That's what I'm saying. We got yeah. to balance each yeah. other off. Like, that. if you got somebody in the room disagreeing with you and telling you you right all the time, you got the wrong people around you. I say this you. every episode. Listen. <laughs> I say this every episode. I, I got to say this. Also, when you ask the question about social media, like I said, it's a double-edged sword. Social media used properly can be a very effective tool for reaching people who you might not be able to reach physically. Mm-hmm. And giving information in a quick and broad fashion that you want to make sure people know. But like Eric said, one thing that I pride myself on is this. My integrity in whenever I post anything on Facebook or say anything on Facebook. Yes, we all have opinions. And I always try to give my disclaimer when I say something that this is my opinion. Yeah. But when it comes to the issues that we we're trying to address we come from the perspective of knowing that our communities are already in a vulnerable state Mm. the last thing that we ever want to do is give them misinformation yeah or give them confusing information that makes their condition worse the other piece is i have strong opinions about everything Mm -hmm. so does eric i'm pretty sure you do Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, if my strong opinions doesn't move the needle forward for the collective, meaning the entire community, mm-hmm. then I need to know how to hold them back. Yeah. And when people see me or see us, they need to see two people that, one, they know care. Yeah. And two, they know are going to be honest about what they're talking about. Yeah. And so, you know, I think social media, it, it's just like anything. It can bring out the best. And it can bring out the worst in people. Yeah, it's just dependent upon those individuals. Absolutely. I mean, I I, I find, and I actually made a video um, last night about some stuff that that's just been going on, been bothering me just when in the activist community as a whole. Um, I think a lot of times we end up beating up on each other. Um, you know, when we all are on the same team. You know what I mean? Like we're all on the same team. We all want wins for the community. We all want to see our children do better. We all want to see education come out of that place that it's been for umpteen years now. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we all want to see, you know, jobs coming back to the area and going to people who actually are from the area, not people who moved to the area from somewhere else. Like all of these things are things that we collectively care about. And I think that sometimes, especially in the area of social media, and I, not you guys, of course, but sometimes any criticism, anytime somebody tells you something that makes you feel like they don't completely agree with you, some people do hop into that, you, you just a hater bag. And I promise you, I promise you, there are far more people in the world that love you than people that hate you. I say this all the time. There are far more people that that uh, agree with you. There are far more people that believe in what you believe in, and, and we agree on more than we disagree on. But the people who we tend to give the negative energy, the, the our, give our energy to, is the people that we think are hating. So anybody who says anything that we don't that we, we don't agree with, they're automatically haters, and we discount what they're saying, which is a problem. So let me say this. You know, we're all adults. Yep. You know, when I was younger, I assumed that when you got to be a certain age, that maturity was an automatic thing mm. and that wisdom was was conferred with age. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm learning that nothing could be farther from the truth. Mm. And I also realized that the sign of strength in any individual, especially somebody that's going to do this type work, is... The ability to understand that you do not have all the answers and that you are but one person <clears throat> with one perspective. 
And no matter how strongly you feel about your perspectives, there's many more there's besides still, your There's own. still other ones out there. Yeah. And if you are not open, and this is where I stand on it, if you are not open to other people giving you their input and feedback on the things that you say and do, especially on social media, then this arena might not might be not for be you. For you. Because be. ultimately... Think about what social media is. It's it's a platform that reaches millions of people. Mm-hmm. So when you post something, you say something, people are going to yeah. respond. Especially if it's not true. Right. And and, and, and <laughs> here's here's and I gotta say this, and and, and, and I'm gonna take it in this direction just for illustration purposes. Yeah. Look at who is the current occupant of sixteen hundred Pennsylvania Avenue, mm-hmm. the White House. Yeah. A man who is in his seventies. And you look at his social media footprint and you look at his, you know, media footprint and it is the exact opposite of what you would expect from someone in that position. Absolutely. But what's even more telling, though, is the number of people who we would think are sane who see no problem with that. There it is. Because he can be whatever. Yeah. But the number of people who excuse that, who then will be the same people that when you challenge them, they mimic that behavior. Yes. So the danger yes. Yes. is when you don't believe that you should be challenged. Listen, challenge me. He and I challenge each other all the time. All the time. But because we have the mutual respect, and I think one of the issues that you see with a lot of folks who don't like to be challenged is maybe because they don't feel that their positions are strong enough. Mm. So I took... You know, forensics and debate is, is something I think every student, yes. every person should yes. at least go through. Yes. The ability to have an opinion, defend that position, and then get feedback in exchange. Absolutely. I can tell a lot of people didn't have exposure to Absolutely. that coming up. I honestly do. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, I think, and I see, uh, thank you so much, uh, Mr. Holland Shed, a uh, school board member. Thank you so much for, for watching this evening. I actually met him like last week. We actually got to get, I got to call you. Um, he said that's the, current, the problem with the current school board, which we can really go into that if y'all don't mind talking about. It. I know there's a lot of things going on, and I don't know if you want to, if, if politically it's not feasible for y'all to talk about it. So right, John. We, we, we can do it. All right, cool. So make sure. That's All right. right. So there are lots of discussions going on around the things that are happening with the school board. People feel different ways about the issues that are coming, especially in an election year where we're talking about what's, com- what's coming up in November. Everybody's talking about the presidential stuff, but local mm-hmm. issues are so important when we're talking about these things. Um, there's a big issue surrounding our school board right now. Um, the Charleston County, I say our school board because I was born and raised in Charleston County School Board. I don't live there and I never taught there, but I still am very invested in the area. Um, what is your um, perspective on what's going on with the um, the call for single member districts and how that's being handled right now, both within the school board and in the public? I'll let my um, well, I think that <laughs> the first thing people have to understand is that this isn't a new concept. Um, I think what DD two or somebody already has single member districts. DD two does not. DD two wants DD one or somebody. DD four. Berkeley County. Berkeley County. has the single member districts. There are very few districts that don't have it. That don't have it. So the concept isn't new. Let's 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 talk about how we got here. Okay. How we how the single member district even came up. We had a lot of changes being done in education. Um, a lot of it was chaotic, um, to be nice. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. All across the country, disruption is going on. This, is, this isn't new either. Um, you've had a lot of people 
that feels that a lot of things need to be changed in education. I am one of them. Mm. I am a, I am for reform, mm-hmm. but I'm not for chaotic reform. Okay. Right? Once again, let's go back to being comprehensive and strategic. Mm-hmm. We want education to become better. Just busting up everything, closing schools, shoving kids in the schools, moving kids from one place to the next place has never worked through history. Mm-hmm. Throughout history, why are we going to try to do that with mm-hmm. again? Um, I had the opportunity to visit different states that's um, going through the same type of thing. And every single city that I visit, they say have community, parent, and student buy-in to reform. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest step that CCSD did. Mm-hmm. They skipped out taking all the information from the parents and the, the um, students first, and they just were making changes. Yeah. Um, so that's why we got to the point to where the parents feel like y'all not listening to us mm-hmm. because they already had the train moving. Mm-hmm. Like they, So like they had to take a step back to realize that, hey, we have to get more parents involved. And by the time they got the parents involved, they were already announcing the changes, mm. right? Um, so, like, the we have to have solid leadership. Mm-hmm. And that's just the bottom line. The, the leadership has to be um, on the school board. We're making these decisions for the betterment of our students. We have to come up with a solid plan, meaning uh, we have to close schools or evaluate closing schools, why you always got to be a predominantly black school that mm. closes? Mm. Nobody want to touch that, okay. right? Okay. Now, so now if we have to move students and and bus students to a different area. Why you always got to be the African American students, mm-hmm. right? Uh, we really want to look at scores and testing going up or whatever the case may be. When you look at it at the surface, you see that the African American student is at the bottom of most of these. Data sets like AJ uh, talked about, and I smile because AJ is a data guy. Yeah. When he get in the data, we do it for like two or three hours mm-hmm. at a time, right? But when we dig deep into the data, we see the need for education to be better for white students too. Right. So right. now we starting to talk to families that we never talked to before. Right. Getting them to understand that this education issue is just not about black students. Mm-hmm. It's about all students, mm-hmm. right? And, and the only way that we can make that better is I feel like if we start at the bottom and help everybody rise. Mm. So, like, that's why we talk about from good, from average to good mm-hmm. and to good to great. Mm-hmm. Because at the same time, if a, if a child is doing good, you still want them to excel Absolutely. and become great. Absolutely. If a kid is average, you want them to rise to be good. This is going to take planning, consistent planning. That don't mean make a plan in 2020. And walk away from it in 2021. Mm-hmm. You have to have five year strategies. Mm-hmm. You always reevaluate it every year, mm-hmm. but you don't get off of the course, and that's what we keep on seeing. Moving principles don't work. Moving, um, t- coming in with different programs and calling it one name week after week after week after week doesn't work. Mm-hmm. You have to be real candid and real strict on how you're going to pull the needs of a school, mm. starting with the students and the families that's already in the school. Mm-hmm. If you find out what they need, 
then everything can have a better result. Mm -hmm. So um, I just think that we we have to really realize how we got it. Mm -hmm. And I know AJ is just burning up. He's ready. He's torching in the seat. But I'm going to pass it over to him now. No, it's, it's interesting because I hope that people see that this year, I know a lot of attention is being put into the presidential races. But let me say this before I go further into the whole school board piece. This year... We are, we have a U.S. Senate seat up. Lindsey Graham is up for re-election. Yep. Jamie Harrison is running. Yes, he is. Him. Every, if y'all know him, holla at me. I would love to interview you, Jamie. Every congressional representative from the state of South Carolina is up for re-election this year. We have state house races that are up for re-election. And we have, in Charleston County, five school board seats, two for North Charleston, two for West Ashley, and one downtown. Mm. And so my feelings on that and why I mention that is because, again, education is interconnected. Education is extremely political, regardless of whether or not people agree that it should be, it is. Mm -hmm. And all you need to look at is what happened in 2018 in Charleston County with the rise of the Coalition for Kids, Kids, as well as the advocacy group Charleston Rise. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm with Eric. There are multiple ways to solve the issue, but what we have to be honest about is the fact that just saying that we need to have people who agree sitting on the school board is not enough. Mm. There are agendas at play. There are people who are very duplicitous, meaning they're 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 not genuine in what they're telling the public that they're established for. Mm-hmm. And the the sad reality of it is is that who loses out? It's not just the students. If anything that people should pay attention to, it's students, their families, and teachers. Mm. And why it's so important and so pivotal right now for people to really start paying attention to education is this. When you lose education as a right and as a platform for empowerment, you pretty much signal the the downfall of your society. Mm. When we don't have an educated populace, what we see in the White House now will pale in comparison Mm. to what will be on the horizon. Mm. And I mean that when I say it. Here in Charleston County, one of the biggest things that just blows my mind, especially regarding the single-member district argument, is that there's countless amounts of data that show that minority communities, African-American communities do not do well with our current form of voting, mm-hmm. which is at large. Which means, for those who don't know, if you are a resident of North Charleston, you are supposed to vote for who sits on the seat for North Charleston. But on your ballot, you will more than likely also have another seat, whether it be in Mount Pleasant or West Ashley, maybe even downtown. Mm-hmm. And what that allows for is for undue influence to color how people are elected. Yeah. Again, it has been shown that at large voting disproportionately affects minority communities. Mm. And every argument that I have heard against it doesn't doesn't pass the smell test. Right. Because in essence, who sits at the bottom of all of the statistical categories? African Americans. And, yeah. and let me say this too. It's not just, you know, having a black person in a seat. I, I want to emphasize that. Mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. quality of candidate and the competency 
of the elected official must be taken into consideration. And what really turned me off in the last school board election was the fact that there were three incumbents that were ran as part of a reform platform with one newcomer. You know, and I'm like, how has that changed? That's what was being sold to the public. How has that changed? And then to have it be where, you know, the focus is getting them to push an agenda, which is not being told to we in the public. Mm. I'm a parent. I know several parents. And like Eric said, while we are passionate about the African-American community, when we would hold our events, we wanted an inclusive voice. Yes. And what we found was you had individuals from all levels of the socioeconomic spectrum. Mm-hmm. White parents from Mount Pleasant, West Ashley, who were in different income brackets, but still wanted the same thing, which was transparency and clarity about how this stuff affected their kids. Now, I know that there's a lot of opinions on this, but as somebody who sits inside and sees from a bird's eye view how our kids are at a disproportionate disadvantage, Mm -hmm. I should say, it is disheartening to me that we have turned something that should be a no-brainer into such a hot-button political issue. And it's very disheartening to see that our state legislature is unresponsive Mm. to not just the the, the will of the people, but to the people on the front lines, teachers. Like, literally, you know, if we lose teachers, we have nothing. And the fact that there are those pushing an agenda who don't take that into consideration. And that's why it's important. And Eric is definitely more diplomatic than me in a lot of regards. (laughs) But the same way you have bulldogs on the other side, I do too. Mm -hmm. And my thing is, I'm going to come with not just passion and perspective, but the information to back up what I'm saying. I've yet to see anybody show me where in the last five, ten years of the reform efforts that have been taking place in Charleston County where black students have benefited. Mm. For every closure, how do those students do? Mm. Nobody even begins to talk about the psychological impacts of having a constant bombardment of negative narratives pushed onto black students. Talk to a student at Burke, they will tell you that they know that people don't believe in them. Yeah, yeah. Talk to a student at Sanders Clap. Talk to students in the community. Yeah. They know, and that is the true tragedy because it's adults who claim to care about the students mm-hmm. yeah. who yeah. push the same narratives. Wow. And you know, some, another big topic that's being uh, must in the conversation about education reform uh, we have a big Spanish population. Yes. And it's growing. And I have been getting a lot of inbox and a lot of emails just um, being asked to talk about them, even from an SIC perspective. Yeah. Um, just bringing oh, in more Spanish class. Before, because some people may not know what that is. SIC is School Improvement Council, mm-hmm. something that we want to hit on real quick. Yes, because so School Improvement Councils work on making the school better. We have five-year plans. Mm-hmm. And every year we revisit the plan just to make sure we hitting or missing the marks. And um, we have meetings every month. And you don't have to have a kid in the school. You might just have an idea that you want to help. So you can be a part of the SIC. Uh, we partner close with our PTSA. And we also, um, the Title I committee also. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of the things that we addressed it's the same things that were being addressed from 
uh, you know, from the school board. And mm-hmm. we were saying to myself, you remember we were talking about micro and macro? Mm-hmm. We were doing it from a, a micro boots on the ground aspect, but they've been looking at it from their perspective of just sitting on the board. Right. And we were clashing because what they were proposing for us wasn't working for what we were talking about with the students and the parents in the school. So what we're trying to do with the SIC is we take uh, all the information that's given to us. Um, we have a, a growing Spanish population that's coming into CCSD. We don't have enough dual um, speak, um, language speaking mm-hmm. teachers. Uh, we need more Spanish speaking teachers and stuff like that. So um, those are some of the elements where we were talking about the plan and making all these different changes. That was a whole demographics of students that wasn't even being considered. Mm-hmm. That was my concern. Wow. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. like, you know, like I say, change can be done chaotic or it can be comprehensive and strategic. I choose the comprehensive and strategic route. Um, it's just too many moving parts to say that one solution is going to fix everything. Yeah, there's no definitely no silver bullet. I I, I guess I want to go back to the, the school board thing real quick because I know that's a, a big piece of what's going on in Charleston County right now. There are some people, you know, who who, who are also advocates who say, yes, we believe in single member districts, but why do it now? Why not wait until later to another election cycle to get that done? Simple, what do you sim- say? My simple, my simple response is there was a group that said we need disruption mm. and they wanted disruption then. This is disruption. This is further disruption. Mm-hmm. Why not? Mm. Because in essence, you know, if you kick the can, which is what's being proposed now to 2022, we already see the damage that has occurred. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I got to add this in. Not just do we want strategic change. We want managed change. We want inclusivity. Too often what happens happens in a closed room with a select group of people that are not representative of the folks who are truly going to bear the impact right. of these changes. Right. Misinformation or lack of information also color a lot of what's happening. And so with the school board, you know, one of the things that I truly look at is where is the true representation? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people talking, but there's if you look on the landscape, there's only one board member that has been remotely connected to trying to advocate for the public, and that's been Kevin Hollinshed. Thank you for watching. We've got nine board members. And there's a lot there's a lot of us who are passionate, you know, who speak about education. But out of that, those nine board members there's nobody else stepping up mm-hmm. saying, okay, you know what? I'm an elected representative of the people. Yeah, people yeah. got mad at the Charleston delegation, but nobody called out the board yeah. to say, well, wait a minute. How did these plans, how did all of this come into play? And what did you know? And what are you willing to answer to us for? Mm-hmm. You know, And it, it became this huge convoluted mess that no one wanted to take responsibility mm-hmm. for. So my thing is, with all the people that should be minding the store and only one person visibly doing anything to mind it, Mm -hmm. why not create that change? Now, I don't necessarily agree with the whole dismantling of the board at one time. Right. But we got five seats open. Make those seats single member. Okay. All right. This year. That's Mm. possible. And then in 2022, those next four. 
make those single member districts. Mm. So <laughs> I come I from think that's a great idea. I come from it from a whole different perspective. I don't care if it's single member district or at large. Mm-hmm. I'll work at the continuum. Right. My job is to get parents, students where they need to be. Once again, the micro level versus the macro. You see what I'm saying? I want to have parents and students prepared for education. You know, so like if the school board goes single member district or at large, we still got work to do. You yep. see what I'm saying? And that's just the bottom line. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So like the the whole the whole my whole thing in this process is don't cause something and then blame everybody else for something that you cost. Okay. You see yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Like yeah. this 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 single member district thing just doesn't come up because right. y'all were doing what y'all were supposed to do. Oh, okay. it's, it's not an saying? isolated <laughs> issue. Yeah. It's, it's not it's not like, like, like they're doing saying, a great yeah, job like, and it's like, like, oh no, yeah, it's, it's, it's like it's like it's like we <laughs> we go to the school board meetings. Hmm. We was we were a part of mission critical. We gave feedback. I got parents involved. I got students involved. I gave them the plan for the school that I'm the SIC chairman from. Um, I got a lot of ideas that can make a lot of things go smoother. I'm talking from with discipline with the students to the partnerships with other schools. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, when I talk to them and I give them these ideas, it went to death is. Mm. And, and, and I'm telling you, I came from a really listening to with the parents. And I just being totally honest. And it wasn't a room full of black parents. Mm-hmm. It was black, white, Spanish parents mm-hmm. that was giving us feedback. Yeah. And the one thing that any board member, all of them know me. All of them, I already meet with all of them. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I don't have no beef with none of them. But at the end of the day, when people are giving you genuine messages from the people, mm-hmm. you got to respect that. Yeah. And, and no board member that's on the current board can say I ever been disrespectful or mean to them. Mm-hmm. I always come with what the people say. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And that's, a lot of people don't know that. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't broadcast it. But as an SIC chairman, I got a relationship with the board. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yes. So like, they have to understand that, you know, you, they, just don't throw the rock and hide your hand. Right. You are involved with why this is going on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and And the other piece that we got to say too, this thing was way political long before the delegation got involved. You know, we got to understand that there were things that were done in Colombia long before the delegation even decided to take action on what's happening. And unfortunately, some of the same people who are making the delegation scapegoats will never admit to the conversations that they were having, mm. you know, in Colombia you know, with them to get certain things pushed on their agenda. Like me and Eric say, just be honest. You know, just if you want a certain thing, like we don't necessarily uh, disagree with everything that the district is attempting to do. Mm -hmm. But like he said, when you have a poor track record of implementation and follow through, you're going to have to take that. You can't just say, Believe us, because this time is going to this be different. Better, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. you have damaged the the trust, and I think that's the biggest problem in this process. Whether you're talking about the board or administration, there is little to no trust with regard to the district being honest and 
to the district listening to those voices that have been excluded. Mm -hmm. We are always open to dialogue, but the problem comes down to, and you can say this for black people in America, mm -hmm. everybody else's solution is always built on the backs of black communities. Mm -hmm. And we never reap the benefits, but we are always expected to go along with the plan. Mm -hmm. And that's where we are with this. Wow. And this it's deep, but it's true. And this is why we uh, form our uh, consultant agency. Um, we, uh, we really been working in the community. We've been working with people. Uh, we've been traveling. We've been getting a lot of information. And some of these conversations will never be had if they don't bring somebody from the outside to do it. Right. This this is what this is an approach for business who are who's who want true diversity in their workforce. And diversity don't mean just black, white, Mexican, or whatever the case may be. We're talking about young versus older. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. We're talking about um West Ashley versus, you know, DD two. You see mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So yeah. like this is what we're talking about as a diverse mm -hmm. population. Um you got a lot when you look at the job market or whatever the case may be, they talking about $15 hour wages, but then when we break down the $15 with the hygiene price, the rising cost of housing, yeah. $15 ain't going to be enough. Right. So, like, how can we supplement some of those incomes? You know what I mean? So, like, we, we have a, a real broad range of things that we're going to try to put into, first, education. Because if you educate the people who you're working with, mm -hmm. we can come up with better solutions. Mm -hmm. um, some people are good at a lot of things, you know what I'm saying? So, like, we trying to put them together, work these things out so we can have better results. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, it's about results becoming better. You know, we having housing issues. We're working on it. We got transportation issues. We got a lot of different things that uh, we have the voice of the people who having the most trouble with mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. And we bringing that to a table and a plan and a way that you can understand it when you address it. It might not be that difficult for you to understand why we may need more buses running this road. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, um, and North Charleston just came up with their comprehensive plan. Um, the city of Charleston about to write their comprehensive plan. Mm -hmm. We trying to help the voices of the people be a part of all of that. You see what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. like, and the information that we're giving you are is readily available to people. Right. You see what I'm saying? And that's one thing that we want people to understand. Like we come and talk to you. But if you don't even believe us, you can go check these things out yourself. Right. The, the one thing now, and I, I, the school district, school district is very transparent in the information. Mm -hmm. You can go to their website, yeah. and everything yeah. that we're talking about is right there. They ain't yeah. hiding it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, that's the one I give them kudos on that mm -hmm. because the information is there. But sometimes it can be information overload, mm -hmm. especially to a parent that's working two jobs, got kids. Uh, kids got IEPs, all these different other things going on, you know, sometimes you have to take them out the box and explain things to them. Yeah. Right? And that's what we're trying to do. Like, we're trying to be that liaison between yeah. the community the, and the, the public, the, the schools, decision makers, the mayors, and everybody else. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, like, we're just trying to be a liaison so we can get better results, man. I love that. I love that. I love that. Um, this has been a robust discussion, man. This has been a robust discussion, I, th I believe, you know, and what you guys are doing. Um, anytime, you know, you endeavor to do something 
that hasn't been done before. You're going to face the, the, the pushback. You're going to face the naysayers. You're going to face the people who do not believe in what you do. But I, I know you guys. I know the hearts behind it. I know the minds behind it. And I, and I just I just pray that everything that y'all do, everything that y'all touch is blessed and, and just it, it just moves forward in excellence because we need you guys on the front line. We need people who are willing to take the steps for the community that sometimes we've been waiting for other people to make. And I say it all the time. We're waiting for Superman to, to, to bust, through the, bust out the phone booth. But the truth is that we got we got our, our capes on, too, and we just refuse to use them. So I think you, I, I encourage you guys in that. Um, is there anything that you guys wanted to say as, as we close? I will, I, I'm just looking at the live and Brian Howard scene. That's why we need to pull our own school. And it's just funny that you would say that. Um, I am not there quite yet on building my own school mm -hmm. uh, because I, it's just not that easy. Um, but one thing that we are doing, uh, we, are, we are working on programming that's uh, focusing on entrepreneurship. Um, we have a new coding class that we are going to be creating. Mm -hmm. We have a summer um, program. We have a um, after-school program that we're already doing that we're looking to expand. And the one thing that um, I have done in the past is create jobs for the young people that we work with. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So, like, I want to use those tools and, and build up. Eventually, if we do get to a school, that, that could be my ultimate goal. Mm -hmm. But right now, we're just going to use the programming format that we have right now. Um, use that to create jobs. Uh, better education for our students, and then we'll just uh, take that approach. Starting school ain't the easiest thing. It's not. <laughs> and we bank. All right, sorry, technical difficulties, but we're going to go ahead and wrap up. What we were just saying was um, um, the gentleman, uh, Mr. Brian Howard, and thank you so much for watching, Mr. Brian. He made a point about opening a school. And what I was saying was that, you know, opening a school sounds great in theory, but there's so many things that go into opening a school that I, for one, would not recommend it unless you have a team of people who are academically sound and business sound when it comes to the the the, the business of operating a school. AJ, you had some thoughts on that, right? Yeah, basically, you know, what, what our approach is that we understand that there are a lot of people who are frustrated with public education, and rightfully so. Our approach is the fact that we recognize there are about 25,000 kids, black kids, that are in CCSD. Mm -hmm. And while it would be great to start a school that could house all of them, we can't. Okay. It's not realistic. Mm -hmm. But what we can do is where they are, work to improve the learning conditions and learning environment in which they currently sit, and work to change and, and, and convince those in positions of authority to make those learning conditions universal throughout. Mm. Um, one thing I do want to leave people with as well is the understanding that Community Solutions is not attempting to be the face of change. We're attempting to be the promoters of change. Mm. We want everyone else to be. We want to highlight the folks who are working in this arena we recognize just like yourself we love your show we love what you're doing we want to do that in the boardrooms that doors are oftentimes closed yes. to people who look like yes. us we want municipalities we want elected officials to know that there is somebody on the ground you know one of the things that i want to emphasize with education especially now that there are several lobbyists in columbia 
you know, there are people lobbying for their things. Community Solutions, that's us. Mm. We're lobbying for the people. And as cliche as that may sound, it's the reality because there is nobody out here lobbying for the everyday person, Mm. the person that feels helpless because all of these things are happening. And it doesn't seem like anybody's listening. Mm. Instead, people are choosing to take the path of least resistance. Mm -hmm. Lobbyists represent that. There's money involved. But when you look at educational statistics, economic statistics, housing, crime, we can no longer afford to sit idly by and not step up to the plate and say, hey, it's not just Community Solutions. It's Rajan. It's Shakim. It's all of these other people Mm -hmm. who are out here on the ground doing the work. There are people doing the work in ways in which these other organizations can't. Yes. They need to be elevated. They need to be funded. They need to be supported. That's our role. Wow. Wow. I love that, man. I love that. Um, Thank you guys so much for joining me. Um, this this has been an amazing opportunity. I, you like you got something you want to say? Yes, I want to. I want to. I want to plug the business. I can see them. We've been doing a lot of uh, uh, talking, but we just want to do some house cleaning. So uh, this coming Friday, we're going to have our grand opening yes, for our, our yes. business partners. And after we do the grand opening for our business partners, we're going to do a grand opening for our. Uh, uh, the people in the community, because at the end of the day, that's what we're all about. Uh, we have a new office, uh, 65 Gaston Street in the uh, Entrepreneur Center. Harbor uh, Entrepreneur Center. Har- Har- Harbor Entrepreneur Center. Shout out to Daniel Stern for oh, being what? a tremendous partner in that. Yes, and um, so we have a lot of ideas. we got a lot of momentum. We just want to keep it going. So, like... This conversation don't have to end here. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, like, if y'all have any questions, you can contact us. Um, our website will be finished soon. Yes. Um, if you feel like this conversation need to be had in an arena that you're in, reach out. Um, we have some packages that can put your... We'll, we can tell our packages for community <laughs> that's... And we customize <laughs> our services for so, the client. So don't be, mm-hmm. it's not like we're going to tax you. So like just reach out for the ideas that we have that can help our community. And if they want to reach out, how can they find you? Um, you can contact me at 843-819-8255. I'm going to that out. Or you can, <laughs> no. you can reach us on our yeah. Facebook page, um, Community Solutions Consulting, and message us. Um, you can also reach us at info at community solutions sc.com. Hmm. I like I like the conversations, man. I, I are pain free. Hey man, <laughs> hey, I love it. Hey, I love it. So man, like, like listen, like these guys, like I said, boots on the ground, real time work. They do the work. They they stand for what they say. They're not like trying to. They're not trying to sell you something, but they definitely their services are definitely worth. The cost, because they are a consulting firm. So as a consulting firm, you know, that comes with a consulting fee. You've had a consultant come to your job before. You know how that works. I also want to say this, and I think this is something that I'm pretty sure they'll agree with. A lot of times when we talk about things that are needed um, in the community, especially the African-American community, we want people of color to come to the table. We want people of color um, brought into the conversation. But a lot of times, our thoughts and our Intellectual property is not expect is not protected or valued in the way that other people's Ooh, is not, and that is a problem. We can no longer do this thing where it's like, hey, can you come out here and build this program for me? 
and I'm going to use it and I'm going to use it to bring money to my school, bring money to my school district, bring money to my organization. But I don't want to give you any money or any resources to, to keep going what you're doing. I want you to give your blood, sweat, tears, time, talents and treasures to us. And we're going to give you a pat on the back or a, a, a certificate that we printed out in the, in the office lobby. <laughs> but that's that's not cool. It's not cool. In order to keep people like this going, right? In order to keep organizations like this going on, it's going to need what every other type of business needs. It needs funding. It needs support. It needs resources. And without providing those things, we are cutting off our nose despite our face and our community will never, ever get to the place that it needs to be. So I encourage you guys. I, I pray that, like I said, resources, man, like I, I believe in what they do, but they can't do it without you. So if you are in a school, if you're at a school, if your child's at a school that's a failing school, your child's at a school, have them call Community Solutions. Have them call, have them reach out to Community Solutions. Have them reach out to AJ. Have them reach out to Eric. Have them come out to your school. Have them do some kind of some kind of interest survey. Have them do, do some kind of consulting where they can find out what kind of diversity is going into the, the, the processes that are being implemented at these schools that are uh, that are dealing with these kids who are largely minority. When we talk about failing schools, you find a common thread across the board. Yes, a lot of them are heavily African-American. We talk about test scores. Yep, data. African-Americans perform at the bottom. And that's even below, like Hispanics. We talk about Hispanics and, and they have their own trouble. We even perform below Hispanics. I was in the classroom. I taught fourth and fifth grade for five years. Yeah. I know these things, right? And it's not because people in education don't care. It's not that. It's not because they, they're out here to get all the kids. It's not that. It's just that we as a community have been trying the wrong thing for a very, very long time, expecting different results. I'm hoping for community solutions to be able to come in and be not the thing that changes the game, but be the spark that ignites the flame that changes the game. And that's really all we need. Yes. That's really all we need on that level. But just like I said in my video last night, it's going to take so many different parts. So once we get education together, we got to talk about economics. We have to talk about finances. We have to talk about gentrification. We have to talk about um, minimum wage. We have to talk about all these things. We have to talk about poverty. We have to talk about crime. We have to talk about um, what's going on in political politics. Talking about the amount of African American political power that is that is there based on what we just saw in South Carolina and across the country, but we're not utilizing to our maximum potential. There's so many issues that we need to get to to talk about, but it, but I'm so glad that tonight we're able to start that discussion. I want to thank you guys again so much for joining me. And with that, I'm going to close. I'm going to find my closing statement. All right. Thank you guys so much for joining me this week. Remind, remember that the show is now just on Wednesday nights. I am not doing my Sunday shows until I finish grad school or at least I have a three-week break. All right. <laughs> so, all right. So, so please join me next week um, for Local Celebrity Spotlight. My no Local Celebrity Spotlight next week is local artist, not local artist, local business owner um, Justin Drayton. He'll be coming on to talk about his business, um, Detail Diamonds or Diamond Detail. I can't remember which the order was, but I do apologize. Tune in next week to check him out because he's a young black man and he's doing great things. If you are doing something in the community that you would like a light shined on please reach out to me on the real talk on my website that's www.realtalkwithrajan.com that's www.realtalkwithrajan.com so we can discuss getting you on the show this and all my shows in addition to the card chronicle series is now available for your listening pleasure via apple google spotify or any place you can find podcasts you can also find it on my website www.realtalkwithrajan.com if you'd like to be made aware of when I go live because sometimes it is unscheduled, please be sure to click the follow or subscribe tab on the page 
and turn on the notifications so that you will know when something new is posted to the page. In the meantime, you can follow me on social media to stay up to date on what's happening with Real Talk with Rajan. Bottom line, go to any social media site, type in Real Talk Rajan, and my face pops up. It's really cool like that. <laughs> Feel free to leave comments, questions, and whatever else you'd like to say in the comment section or the message section. I love reading your comments and messages and getting feedback even if it's negative. Why? Because I don't want to be great. I don't want people to tell me how great I am. I want to become as great as I can possibly be. And that only happens with honest feedback. I am also currently accepting invitations for speaking engagements and event hosting opportunities. If you would like me to speak at or host your event, you can request me via my via my website. You guessed it, www.realtalkwithrajan.com. Thank you guys so much for watching. Um, in closing, I always want you to remember that God is everything and without him, we are nothing. So never forget where your help comes from. And if a man doesn't stand for something, he's bound to fall for anything. Now that's Real Talk. I'll see you next Wednesday. Peace.